0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 409 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is with Chad, and Chad is the father of a young boy who has recently been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Today, we're going to find out about Matthias's diagnosis, some type 1 in the extended family, and where was his mom when he was diagnosed. Hmm, intrigue. Please remember as you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please leave a five star rating and a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts and consider telling a friend about the show. Do you have a great doctor or are you looking for one around your type 1 care? Check out juiceboxdocs.com. It's a list of listener approved physicians. Got a lot of music left here. Dum 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 dum, dum, dum. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, I'm going to get the ads out of the way up front today. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Every decision that my daughter makes about her insulin, when to use it, how much to use, comes from the information that we get back from the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Absolutely an indispensable device that you can learn more about at Dexcom.com forward slash Juice box. When you get there, you're going to find out about zero finger sticks, glucose readings that are right there on your smart device, customizable alerts and alarms. You'll read about Siri integration and how you can share your data with up to 10 followers. Once you're there and you've decided you'd like to learn more, you take the next step with Dexcom by giving them a tiny bit of information about yourself that includes what kind of diabetes you have, type 1, type 2, or other. And who does your insurance come from? This is interesting because many of us have commercial insurance. Some people have Medicaid or Medicare. Some people pay cash. And others get their health care through the VA. And just recently, the VA has started covering Dexcom 100%. Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. Check it out now. Be able to do this. I've swiped up on my phone, and I know that my daughter's blood sugar is... 107. That easy. If Arden's blood sugar goes over 120 or under 70, my phone will let me know. Why 70 and 120? That's where we set the levels at. You could set them somewhere different. It's up to you. As a matter of fact, my wife gets alerted at 130 and 80. She likes to know at different numbers. So you can go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice Or you can find those links at juiceboxpodcast.com or right there in the show notes of your podcast player. And while you're there, you're also going to find links to the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Don't make the mistake of thinking that in this world of CGMs, it's not important to have an accurate, reliable, and easy to carry blood glucose meter because it absolutely is. And that's why my daughter carries the Contour Next One meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Small, easy to handle, bright light, easy to read screen, test strips that give you a second chance, meaning if you touch the blood strip and it doesn't go well, you can go back in again without affecting the accuracy of the test. And hey, how about that accuracy? It's gold standard, top of the heap. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. You can. Absolutely want to take a look at your blood glucose meter. Don't just use the first crappy one the doctor gave you, the one they keep in the drawer, the one the salesperson left in the closet. You don't know how good that one is or isn't. Find out about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. You deserve accurate. You deserve easy. This one is both. It is absolutely, without a doubt, the best, most accurate blood glucose meter that my daughter has ever used in her now- My gosh, long time with type 1 diabetes. She was 2 and she's 16. It seems like 14 years. Long time best meter, no bull. Swear to you. They are advertisers because I went and got them. They didn't come to me. A different meter came to me. And I went back to Contour and said, listen, I'm getting a good offer here for an advertisement from a reputable meter company, but I'd rather it be you because you're the one we use and you're the one we trust. It's a true story. Check them out. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Contournext.com forward slash Juicebox. Links in your show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Please consider supporting the sponsors. Now let's get the chat. And it's rolling, but, you know, we'll, we'll take a second before we get going. I have to say, you're one of the ones I was like, we're never going to get this done.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> we scheduled this forever ago and uh, had to push it off like three times.
0: Although, it's interesting because I do definitely know your name now. Uh, because There's times when I'll have people on and I'll think of them as like, oh, it's the lady that wrote the note about the thing or the guy that said this, you know. Uh, but I know your name now. As a matter of fact, when I think of um, a spy in, a, in any kind of a situation – you know, like a James Bond type of a person. I now think of your name. It feels very uh, elusive to me. So,
1: oh wow, man! I don't, I don't know how to take you, that. You've never, you know. you've never thought
0: about the uh, the alliteration of Chad Caudle. It just feels very. I might be pronouncing it wrong too, but don't don't correct me. Well, how do you say? No, you, you nailed it. Oh, did I? Yeah, look at me.
1: Yeah, first person to ever get my last name right first try.
0: Well, it's not that hard. The letters spell it
1: right out. <laughs> for you know, the lack of a better you, way of thinking, you know you would think that you would think that. What but. do they do? Do they
0: put an H in it after the D?
1: Um Yeah, I get a lot of names Caldwell, um, Cardell, which isn't the worst, but you know it's an I, not an E.
0: Yeah, uh, they just they they just they say the word they they think they see and they want to see in front of them instead of the one that's there.
1: Precisely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, listen, I got to be honest with you. I'm normally that guy too, but. <laughs>
1: Uh. <laughs> well, you know it today, Scott. Good well,
0: this time I had enough practice. <laughs> Hold on a second. I have one setting on my side for me. I want to... I got you. Can you hear me okay still? Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right, great.
1: All right, my name is uh, Chad Cottle. I am the dad of Matthias. He is my three-year-old type one. He was diagnosed on Valentine's Day of 2019, so just a little over a year now. And uh, yeah, I think we're doing pretty good for for the first year, but hard to tell. You know, it's hard to tell. Matthias. Matthias, yes.
0: Where did you get that name?
1: Uh, it's actually my wife came up with it. I mean. I figured she have to go through the uh, the hassle of giving birth, she can come up with the names of the children. Going <laughs> <laughs> to give her that one? I'll give
0: her that one. <laughs> How very benevolent of you, uh, Chad. Plus, your <laughs> name's Chad, so y- you were probably looking for something a little more exciting than I know. My- I feel like my name is just a noise, not really a name. Um,
1: Scott. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm with you. Uh, Chad's pretty bland. There's not much power behind that, so Matthias, I'm just- way better
0: well, this is going to be interesting this uh talk because i like you and yet i've known so many chads that i've disliked so <laughs>
1: <We'll> <laughs> i get that a lot
0: <laughs> we'll see if that rubs off do you really get that a lot
1: yeah yeah like i have a bunch of friends that tag in you know memes on on the internet every, every time they see a chad meme saying how much of a an unlikable person they are we'll put it that way
0: well listen chads out there check yourself <laughs> You <laughs> could be a bad guy or at least someone people think is a dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chad's and Kyle's. Is-
0: Chad, you know what? Later, I'll bleep out, d- and then everyone listening will spend forever thinking, like, What's a Chad?
1: <laughs> yeah, right? So, be hilarious.
0: Do you ever make it? I can't even say what I want to say, but well, you know what? I'll See, say we- it, then I'll bleep the whole thing out. Do you ever take off your pants and say, Look, hanging Chad?
1: <laughs> I have not thought about that before, but that's hilarious. Okay. I'm gonna try that on the
0: wife. If you. No pun intended. Whip that out. Would you please send me a note later and tell me how it went over?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and now,
0: Absolutely. try to imagine that whole conversation with the bleep. So people are just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. Anyway. Okay. So um, Matthias is, is three now or was three when he was diagnosed?
1: Uh, he was a month shy of turning two when he was diagnosed.
0: So you're really right where Arden was age-wise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But many many years later so this is going to be very interesting for me um hopefully for other people too but i'll at least have a good time talking to you um what was the process like so first of all how did you guys figure it out
1: uh so you know when it happened i thought it was this crazy story but looking back and hearing some more of your other podcasts i realized it's not all that crazy Hmm. um so the very first thing i noticed that now knowing what i know now Um, we were on a road trip. I was actually taking my wife back to work. She was gone for actually an extended period of time. So it was really just me and him. Um, he had wet himself. I thought he just spilled a drink on, on himself though, because it was just soaking wet. Um, so that was kind of the first sign that looking back on it, the excessive thirst was never really a thing for me, um, that noticed, because he's like me, he's always drinking something. Um, and then, yeah, so around November of 2018, we enrolled him in daycare. And so, you know how that goes, you know, spreading all the germs around, getting sick and everything. So, he had been sick off and on since November. And, uh, so, you know, I was getting pretty good at that. Like, he was running the fever. Yeah, I can handle fevers. He got an ear infection. I can handle ear infections. And then early February, he was starting to show those same symptoms, um, ear infection, fever, and whatnot. Yeah. And it just, it just never went away. And then, uh, he started getting really, really lethargic. Like he was still happy at first, but he was just not really moving around, not being himself. Um, eventually, he just could not keep solid foods down. I took him to his uh, primary doctor. They didn't know what it was. They just gave me some stuff to like try to keep his fever down. Um, I after I took him to his primary doctor, that's when he had started throwing up. So I took him to the urgent care. That's when not too far from my house, and they ran some tests. They did like chest X-rays on him. Um, they didn't know what it was. They just gave him some stuff and nausea. Uh, we came back that same night in the primary care, and this kid was just up all night, sleeping in bed with me, just up all night, throwing up on and off.
0: He was pretty so, well into DKA.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I got up the next morning, and I was pretty, pretty sad. We're like, we were going to go to the hospital anyway. Mm. um but i got up with him and i remember like it's ingrained in my memory now of holding him and looking in the mirror and this kid was just staring back at me in the mirror just like scared for his life like i didn't see it until then that how skinny he had gotten like his eyes or something in so yeah
0: no man you had a that's and was your wife not home at that point
1: uh yes she wasn't home so my wife left don't tell
0: me why i just really want to feel like she's you know like off murdering people for the cia or something like that because i'm sure whatever she's really doing is not as exciting as what i'm anyway what is she doing <laughs> can you tell me about like it's just interesting that she's gone for extended periods
1: oh uh, yeah she, she was gone from november of 2018 until june of 2019
0: wow what does she do? like can you tell me what she does without being too specific
1: um so yeah she was in basic training for oh, military yeah that's not as exciting as what i was thinking
0: okay but it does make more sense than what i was thinking Like, it would be weird if you came on a podcast to tell people that your wife was a hitman for the CIA. yeah, An international
1: spy. That'd be way cooler. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Chad, you're touching something on the table. Stop yourself, okay? Oh, my bad. No, no, don't worry about it. Uh, You're doing great. Sometimes in the beginning, the first 15 minutes are interesting. People get a little nervous, and you can feel them fidgeting or touching things or stuff like that. Uh, but it's no big deal. It takes me out of it more than anything. It breaks my it breaks my vibe. Um, Got you. Don't worry. I I really appreciate it. So your story is crazy. Like that's and crazy because it with the exception of the vomiting, you pretty much just told my experience of Arden being diagnosed. Really, from age to where well, you were on a trip, all wet in a car seat, thought they spilled something that mm-hmm. literally all happened to me. And, um, I did see Arden's primary care who thought, well, didn't think, but was confused by the fact that Arden had a uh, Coxsackie virus. And so, you know, symptoms mimic that well enough being sick that nobody looked any farther. And mm-hmm. we didn't have the, like you did better than we did. I didn't know how skinny she was looking at her until hindsight um but it you know i do remember i do remember bringing it up once to kelly um and just saying i forget how i put it it would be nice if i was ever serious i guess in my life i said something to uh, to (laughs) i said something kelly like are we training her to be a runway model or something and you know because she was just like you could see her ribs and instead of like you know instead of me thinking that's probably a bad thing we should pay attention to um yeah, you know, I was making funny about it. So, uh, but I know what you mean that when, you know, I only know through pictures, but when you look and you think I am looking at a person who's about to die and I yeah. didn't, I didn't realize it till just now.
1: It's, it's scary, man.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Well, you did a great job. Are you a younger guy? How old are you?
1: I'm uh, 29. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you did
0: a good job like this. I mean, by the time you're in your late twenties, you, you're almost a fully formed person. So I, I, I know I, know I started I trusting far. myself around 30 ish. But would you say, I'm sorry, would you say?
1: So I don't know if i go that far. I was,
0: well, <laughs> no, listen, 10 more years, man, you're really going to have it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to nail it. I got you. Yeah. Really pull it together. Um, How do you handle your wife being away during that? What's the, what's the, is it a communication thing? Does she come back? How do you do that?
1: Uh, so when he was initially diagnosed for like the first few weeks, um oddly enough she she got to call me the day that we were in the in the hospital and uh di- being diagnosed um so it's like hey i haven't talked to you in weeks i love you by the way your son is diagnosed type one diabetic yeah. after that she graduates basic training she goes off to her job training we get to talk a little more so she's like in the loop but i mean she doesn't have the experience so i mean i'm telling her trying to teach her about it um i got on the dexcom pretty early so I introduced her to the follow-ups, as you can see, his Sugars. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how we handled the first few months.
0: So were you getting settled around diabetes before—we keep calling her your wife. What's her name? I'm sorry. Tara. Tara. Before Tara gets home, um, like, do you—is it weird to have, a like, a, a novice walk into the house and be, you know, your child's parent so they get an equal say, but you have all this extra— I guess intuition that she doesn't have at the moment.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a bit weird because I, like you said, I was definitely starting to get a little bit of a handle on it. Like by by no means an expert, mm-hmm. but a, but a little bit of a handle on it. And so when she came back, we obviously we took Matthias out of daycare and she took over his primary care while I was at work. Yeah. And uh, I told her before I went back to work, like the first day I left him with her, I was like, hey, I, I'm not going to mean to be intrusive. But okay. I'm we're going to keep an eye a a some. <laughs> I'm going to be texting you a
0: lot. Yeah. We're not really leaving you in technically charge of anything, just so you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, this, so, but this is a very interesting role reversal because most of the people that I speak to, and I think most of the people overall, generally, um, the roles are reversed. Usually, it's it's normally the mother, you know, saying like making you hear them when they come on. They're like they'll they'll make those sideways jokes about their their husbands and we don't really let him do anything. You, you, know, you know, he's just, he feels like he's helping is that vibe all the time or, or he doesn't really get it. Um, but I'm guessing, I want to know how quickly did she come up to speed and then turn and then turn to you and go, okay, you're not in charge anymore. It's me
1: really, really quickly. Um, within a few weeks, like she was, she was right there where I was at. Like I said at that point, he had already been on, got him on Dexcom. Um, so we didn't have to do any finger sticks. and worry about that. Mm-hmm. So that really helped, and then we had just started the Omnipod, too, right when she came back. So she didn't have to go through all that the beginning painstake of you know, all these different finger sticks throughout a day and having to stick a needle on your kids. So I say she got off easy, but she won't say that. <laughs> she won't
0: say that. <laughs> well, I, I think you're making a valid point, honestly. those the, the learning curve around just getting basil set up on a pump is mm-hmm. it's a month of like – Agina, you're just like uh you know constantly like i'm never gonna get this right or you know uh, that's really uh something else how did he make out in that year did he keep thriving gaining weight or how long did it take you to i mean i guess my question ought to be are you in a comfortable place with this health right now do you feel good about where you're at
1: oh yeah i think i think we're doing pretty good i said we're a little like, a year into this and he's doing great He's been a champ throughout this whole process. It didn't matter if we were you know MDI or when we switch over to Omnipod, like he never minded getting a shot. he never cried about it. Like, he's, he ended it a lot better than I would have. Mm. that one.
0: Oh, he's Oh, a tough kid. I mean, listen. His mom didn't live with him for a number of months early in his life. He was probably like, It's just me and this guy. I better pull <laughs> together right. <the> quick.
1: <laughs> like right? So somebody this table's gotta be strong.
0: When this guy doesn't know I'm watching, he's playing PlayStation and watching really stupid stuff on television. So <laughs> I'm not certain I can count on him. <laughs> I'll tell you, I felt, you know, obviously I was i I've been a stay-at-home dad for an incredibly long time. And uh over 20 years. And that feeling that you had in the hospital, you know, when they hand you the baby and you think, yo, you're making a mistake. Like we're going to kill this thing. Like you don't know, you don't know us, but this is probably against the law to, you know, (laughs) give us this baby. That feeling as crazy as that was in the hospital that day. And I do remember it really vividly. The day I took my wife to the train station Dropped her off for work and drove home and walked back into uh, a condominium that was just me and Cole. And the stillness was really still. And I thought, oh, what am I doing? Like, you know, I don't, I have no, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, just like you said with your wife, Tara, she comes back and boom, she falls right into it. You know, puts you back in your place. She's taken over, (laughs) you know, like I don't have any of that built into me. None of that's wired into me. Like I'm just, I just for a year, tried to keep him from, you know, getting hurt and making sure he ate and he was clean. Like, it was so basic how I handled it, being a, a dad instead of a a mom. Uh, I, I, fi- I figured it out eventually. But I was wondering when she, when Tara came back and sort of, you go back to work and she's doing, you know, she's doing the, the home stuff with, with Matthias was that hard for you? Had you fallen into a spot where you thought this is my job. I want to keep doing this. Or was there part of you that got in the car the first day and was like, whoo, (laughs) dodged a bullet there and then went to work. How does that feel? (laughs) And she doesn't have to Uh, listen to this. She'll never know. Just be honest.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, I would honestly say a little bit of both. Um, I, I was really controlling of his care. Obviously I was, I was the primary one doing it. However, I'm, I much preferred her watching him versus him being stuck in daycare because, bless their hearts, they did the best they could, but they had 30 other kids to watch as well. They couldn't really give him the attention that he really needed to kind of control his blood sugar. Yeah. So uh, that's what I was really thankful for. Is like Even though she didn't know exactly what she was doing at the time, she was just a text away to correct the issue yeah. versus watching my son's blood sugar go to 400 and hasn't gotten a shot in an hour since he's eaten. Gotcha.
0: So when she was in basic training, you were he using daycare with him and going to work still, and so you were just running kind of like a single dad life.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, it was nine months of being a single dad. Yeah. It definitely uh definitely made me respect single parents a lot more. It's
0: it doesn't it feel like so my my obviously I've never been a single father, but my wife had a an intense job. Yeah. Um, she still does, but she's older now, so she 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 doesn't. Uh, She doesn't dive into it the way she used to quite as much, Mm -hmm. but she had an intense job that she had to travel far for. So my wife's commute was 20 minutes in a car, hour 15 on a train, 15 minute walk, one way. Oh, wow. And then back again. So she would do three hours or so of just commuting. And then work very full days, not just eight hours. So there it was not uncommon for Kelly to leave the house at six in the morning and get home at ten o'clock at night. And I, I always talk about there's this spot right around parents I'll know this who are in that situation. There's a spot right around dinner time, around five or six in the afternoon, where it feels like you've been with the baby for a whole day and it's starting over mm-hmm. without sleeping, like nobody came in and you know, just held them for a minute or, you know, gave you a break and it felt like two days in one day. And so I imagine you had that same feeling, right? Like how, how was, how were your days broken up during that nine months?
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of what you're saying. I mean, they were very, very long, but I mean, the key to me was getting a routine going. Hmm. Um, so we'd have certain things we did every day and that just kind of like we were having fun together and everything, but that just kind of kept my mind in check. It's like, all right, we got to make it to this checkpoint. That's going to get me through the day, and then that's going to get me through the week, and so on and so forth, until, you know, my relief finally came. Yeah.
0: What did the weekends look like, Chad? Just you and and the baby laying on the carpet next to each
1: other? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did a bit more than that. Once, uh, that was a good amount of it. But <laughs> once, uh, once he got the feeling better, we definitely made trips out to the parks and everything too. So. We made sure we stayed busy, otherwise the day was just, were just entirely too
0: long. I had this one sort of rule that I, I used while I was doing it where if during the winter months the weather broke for any reason, meaning you know, you got one of those like fifty-two degree days. You know, it for the young people, before global warming, it got cold for a long stretch of time on the East Coast. <laughs> Maybe I'm I'm explaining this wrong. And you'd get trapped inside for months at a time, and every once in a while, out of nowhere it would just be 55 degrees one day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for no reason. And I would just make it a rule. If I woke up that day and it didn't matter what we had to do, if the weather broke like that, we left the house and we did something all the time. Like it, we were frequently one of 10 people, you know, in the Philadelphia Zoo in October or November, you know, because it just got warm out of nowhere, you know, February, that kind of thing. So some of my favorite uh, memories are. You don't realize, but when you're, you know, at a zoo, for example, there's so many people streaming by, you can't really stop. But when there's quite literally 30 people at the zoo, you can just make sure you're there when they feed the lions and sit there like you own those lions and enjoy that, like watch that happen. So I have like memories of Cole in different places where we just sat and, you know, witnessed things together. And I watched him see so many things for the first time but not in a rushed way that was, I love that. I mean, that was a real, I don't really use this word, but I felt like a, a blessing to me, like to be able to see that. Whereas with Arden, the first couple of, you know, after she was two, those next couple of years, three and four and, you know, leading into kindergarten, even I felt like I was just learning about diabetes like that my whole day was either being overwhelmed by it, getting my ass kicked by it or figuring something out and constantly feeling like I was about to kill her somehow. That feeling stuck with me for such a long time. And I still don't know that it's completely gone. I might've gotten it ingrained in me by mistake. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. Like I don't constantly feel like I'm going to kill her. I just walked away from her, you know, a half an hour ago to come talk to you and her blood sugar seventy seven, and it's a good number. Yeah, and I was just like, she'll be fine. Like I, I looked for a second. I was like, you know, I said to her, I'm like, do you want food uh, before I go up? I really don't have a lot of time, and so we looked at her options, and she just thought, I-, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want what you're offering me quickly. So no. And now I look, her blood sugar's one hundred three, and she genuinely, I wish I made this up. She just texted me, I'm gonna squeeze in a workout while I wait. And I'm not worried about that. But still, I'm sort of like a skittish animal, you know what I mean? Who's been like, you know, when you, when you rescue a dog and forever, you're like, something's not quite right about Billy. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's still, I think that's in me a tiny little bit. Um, because there just was no, I did not tell this long story to say something like this, but I just, um, there was nothing like this podcast. I just was by myself trying to figure out diabetes with a meter that looked like it came out of a bubblegum machine and a handful of syringes. You, you know, so um I don't know. It was just a, it was an interesting world. How did you figure things out? Where what was your pathway to getting it straight? Uh doctor's advice, internet, what did you do?
1: Um the doctor's advice is as you said many times, that's just rules to have your kid not die. So I didn't strictly go off that. I'm lucky enough, um, I have a really great support system in my family. So my mother-in-law and my wife's grandmother actually came and stayed with me for about a month after he was diagnosed. So my mother-in-law is type 1 as well. So her experience was phenomenal. And then my wife's grandmother is a retired registered nurse. So that kind of helped. So I had a great support system going on there. Apart from that, I just dived right into the to the online community. You know, joined several different pages, just absorbed all the knowledge I could. Um, it wasn't long, a couple of weeks into being on the online community, that you know, obviously I, I got the the hint to listen to the podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, w- what you're doing has really helped a lot of people. I mean, it, it definitely revitalized the the way I take care of my son. So that's that's kind of been the way our way forward with it.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, that's, that's nice to hear. So I, I wish I was the kind of person who would say plot twist. Cause I would have said it just then. So your mother-in-law has type one as well. Yes, yeah, she does. So when you told Tara that the baby had diabetes, was she sort of like, yeah, I thought that might
1: happen. Uh no, honestly, no? neither one of us ever really expected it. I mean, we figured if, uh, it was going to be passed on to the family. I mean, somewhere on her side, we would have seen it other than just her, her mother. Just and, the, uh, yeah as if never really registered.
0: I wonder if it, I don't want to say something like it's a rule, but I do see generation skipping sometimes, which makes me, um, I always like look at my son and I'm like, you know, be careful. <laughs> like when, mm-hmm. you, when you make a baby, I don't know what to say. Go find a girl who has got no endocrine issues in her life, at all. <laughs> like right. on your first date, be like, "Anybody in your uh, extended family have c- celiac <laughs> or problems with their thyroid, anything like that at all?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take some notes off to the side. Like, you're pretty and all, and I like talking to you, but let me just ask you for a second about your Miss- thyroid health. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it's that's interesting. So your mother-in-law, but your mother-in-law, I'm assuming you know, is in her fifties at least, right? So she got, how old was she when she was diagnosed? I'm going to take a U-turn here for a second.
1: Uh, I think around five. She's had diabetes for like 50 years. Okay.
0: So she's had diabetes back before, like my meter would have looked good to her. The one they gave me for Arden when we were leaving the hospital. Uh, oh, yeah. so how did her experience help and how does your experience uh, look different than how she manages
1: um really her her experience is just kind of being uh helping me keep my head on my shoulders so she definitely let me let me take charge of his care um, she would advise me if i had questions um but really what helped what she helped me the most with is uh you know those late night conversations we would have like just explain the different questions that i would have, i would ask her mm-hmm. Um, so that's how she really helped me through it.
0: Has, has her management changed any since you found the podcast? So
1: yeah, a little bit. When I first met her and really she's a diabetic, um, she was, you know, traditional MDI finger sticks and pins. Um, she has now moved up to, she's on the Libre Mm -hmm. and she's still doing pins. Well, she's on pins now instead of syringes. Um, that's just her like insurance reasons that she did yeah. that.
0: She should check out that in pen.
1: You know, I've, I've tried to talk with her about that. Um, I'll, I just don't think she's there yet.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, I, you know, I, I know people who have had diabetes for a really very long time. Um, and I always use my friend who's past now, Mike, as an example, mm-hmm. but his ability to be flexible around diabetes was non-existent. It was, I think those poor people who were diagnosed at a certain time, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like the friend you have from the war, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's, he sees the world differently than everybody else. And there's a good reason for it. I think, I think that when people who've had type one for a very long time, find this podcast and make an adjustment, that's an amazing accomplishment for them to break free of what ends up being years and decades of like fear and. And the safeguards, you know, I should put quotes around safeguards that they put in place um, because they were coming from a completely different angle. Like all the stuff that you and I can see was completely, it, it, it didn't exist for them. None of that data, none of that understanding. When you hear them talk about diabetes, they just say things like, you know, I get dizzy sometimes or I try not to drive unless I've eaten. Like it's this such vague, I, if it, it's terrible that that is the... Um, the perspective they got stuck in, you know, that time in, in history with diabetes that that they had to come up through, um, but yeah, when they break free of that, it's amazing. I I bet your mother in law continues on because she if she got some gear, she'll she might keep going. You also she might one day look at Matthias's A one C and be like, "Hey, wait a minute, what's his yeah. time and range? All right, tell me again what you're doing." You know, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Um, he's still really young, so. What do you feel like his understanding of his situation is and how do you, do you talk to him about it?
1: Uh, yeah, it's really been amazing. It's, it's, it's been like the last month or two that he's starting to get little pieces of it. Um, so we'll tell him before he eats like, Hey, we have to, we have to pre bowl. You we have to give your medicine before you eat. And he's like, okay. And then he'll wake up from nap time and be like, I want snack. Can you pre bowl me? Oh, that's excellent. So he's starting to get there, um, but, I mean, again, he's three years old, so he, he doesn't have the, yeah. the full comprehension of what's going on yet. Yeah, he
0: hasn't pulled you aside yet and said, Dad, I don't like my time and range here between 3 yeah, and right. 6 a.m. Can you uh,
1: work on my basal, please? <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. He, ju- he just knows more the routine of what, we, of what we have to go through. About how much does he weigh? Uh, he's about 37 pounds right now. Wow.
0: what is What does he get for Basil? Is it like around 0.2 or 0.3 an hour?
1: Yeah, I got him on 0.2 an hour from um, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then it goes down to 0.15 from 8 p.m. to 6 p.m. Okay.
0: Would you mind sharing? How do you, where's his A1C falling right now?
1: So we didn't get to go to our actual indoor appointment last month right, due to right. everything going on. Um, but the last time he did get his actual A1C done, it was six, 6.0.
0: Wow. That's excellent. That's great. He's, he's growing and gaining weight and all that.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, he's awesome. definitely getting big.
0: Good for you, man. Congratulations. That's really, that's well done in a, in a, in a year with a three-year-old. I mean, you came a long way. I, I'm, I just keep imagining that moment when your mother-in-law and, uh, Tyra's grandmother must've gotten in a room together and been like, all right, listen, We weren't thrilled when she married him, but now we got to do something because (laughs) (laughs) what are we going to leave this guy alone with the baby with diabetes? I know, I know, man. I could see it on people's faces when Arden was diagnosed, you know, like the guy who would look at his kid skinny and make a – heroin model joke uh is now in charge of the child uh with type one you know like i know people looked at me for a while like oh wow he's gonna mess this up uh and they might not have been wrong to be perfectly honest with you but uh it's you know for anybody who's older in their 50s you know and has kids who are getting close to married age and they know what i'm talking about when their kids come home dating and they leave and you inevitably turn to each other and go oh i hope it doesn't he doesn't end up with that one. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> she wasn't following the conversation. And even if you come off great, even if you're like, Chad is great. He's terrific. He's blah, blah, blah. You add that health piece and suddenly, you know, you get distilled down into we can't leave that baby alone with that boy. Uh, right. You know, and and you know yourself. Reasonable, right, Chad?
1: Yeah, that was pretty reasonable. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I you know I didn't mind when those people looked at me like that I was like oh they're paying attention i I See, probably they're not should, wrong <laughs> no 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 they're not wrong at all I probably should not be in charge of this um so do you guys have um now that you know the pendulum swung the other way although I guess I should ask Does target get deployed or how does like how does that all work
1: um no she's she's not got deployed or anything she's in um the army reserve so she works one week in a month and two weeks out of the summer. Oh, that's great. So she, she's more more of a stay at home mom than anything.
0: Could she kill you? Does she? Do you? Do you ever worry about that? That they taught her something that one day you'll mouth off and you'll find yourself on the ground, like wondering what happened.
1: Uh, she likes to think that she can do that. Um, <laughs> however, I'm I'm in the army as well. Oh, <laughs> and I've been in a bit longer, so I think I got the edge on her.
0: <laughs> I didn't realize that. So are you are you in like now?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm active duty.
0: Okay. Oh, that's excellent. Are you guys in the Virginia-ish area?
1: Um, so we're in Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah, I currently work as a as an Army recruiter, so I get a pretty chill gig for a while.
0: Oh, no kidding. You get to go. Uh, well, those kids must come in so enthusiastic to begin with, right? Is it is it really that hard to get them to go the rest?
1: It's definitely not the kids. The kids aren't the issue. It's the parents. Oh, Getting I see. The, Convincing the parents to let the kids join the Army is a completely different story. Ah, uh, that, that that makes sense. Because
0: I've heard my wife say, how do we get him to Canada safely? <laughs> 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 yeah, she said that right after the last election, actually. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's So that's really, did you serve, how has your service gone so far? What's it, what's it been like?
1: It's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. I've been in for uh, nine years now. I got uh, 11 more to go. that'll be it i'm not i'm not doing a day over 20. where where did you where did you train initially so initially i went to fort knox kentucky was my initial training Um, but i've been a little bit of everywhere since then i mean i've been to korea japan hawaii egypt israel syria i mean
0: any favorite places when you were moving around
1: so we were in Hawaii for two and a half years. So that was a pretty good gig. You know, getting off work at 3.30 and going and having a sunset dinner on the beach. Can't be.
0: I'm going to say that anybody who felt badly for you prior to that statement has just been like, whatever. And also, I'm assuming people listening were just like, Fort Knox. I thought that was just a place out of old movies where they kept gold. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know when you said that, I was like, that's a real place. Get the it's hell a up. real place. <laughs> I really know nothing. I shouldn't be in charge of this podcast. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, Okay, so I, I guess what I want to understand now is, are you, is it a 50-50 split talking about diabetes now? Or has it swung more Tara's way? And if it has, do you mind that?
1: Um. So I definitely think it swung more Tara's way at this point. Like, I'm still pretty involved Um, but it's gotten to the point that where she's really good at this care as well. Now, when I go to work, I don't stress looking at, you know, my, my Dexcom follow up every five minutes. So she's got this. That's excellent.
0: But does it hurt? does Does it feel like you gave something away that you didn't want to? Might not.
1: Not really. I mean, that just because I know that she's so good at it. Yeah. I mean, if if she wasn't able to keep his level of care to where I I think I was able to do it, then yeah, at that point it would hurt me a little more. But she's just as good at this as I am. That's excellent. It's a,
0: it's an uncomfortable conversation. I'm glad you don't have to have it with. I do hear a lot of a lot of the notes that I get are from uh, are from parents who who are just like, look, one one of my you know the spouse just doesn't mm-hmm. understand, or the people I really feel terrible for, and I'm trying to get somebody to come on to talk about it. Our divorced parents when try to imagine one of them has a great handle on the diabetes and the other one doesn't, and now the child's going back and forth and they go from this amazing care to higher bouncing blood mm-hmm. sugars and the kid doesn't feel good and you know the spouse doesn't want to list it's it turns into it's a real nightmare. So
1: Yeah, that'd like be terrible. Guys, well, yeah, it I'm sounds not.
0: like you guys have it together though. That's really cool. Any plans for more children? Uh yes,
1: we're actually expecting uh, our second child right
0: now. It's like, I knew that, but I didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we have, our, we don't know um, if it's a boy or a girl yet, but baby number two will be expected in December of this year. So
0: now when you have a first child whose first name is Matthias, and is there a shortening of Matthias? Is there something you call him around the house?
1: Um, So we realize eventually it's going to get shortened down the mat. Um, we just, we haven't gotten there yet. Gotcha.
0: So it, uh, will the next child get like, I find this interesting. Will they get like a super different name too, or where you go the opposite direction and it'll be, Hey, this is my son, Matthias and my daughter, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so definitely not. Um, if it's a boy, we don't know what what we'll name them yet. Uh, we haven't thought that far in advance. Um, but if it's a girl, my wife's had that name picked out since before we got together. So again, I don't have much say in it, it. Um, but it'll, it'll be a Nevea.
0: Nevaeh. Well, she's good
1: at this. Yeah, she's, she's got this name thing down pat.
0: No kidding. We used a book. <laughs> we just, no, you know, <laughs> we flipped through a name book. We're like, hey, this is interesting. People, like, we
1: don't we yeah. don't have much choice to change it now anyway because my mother in law has already quilted a blanket with that name on it, so we're kind of <laughs> we're kind of stuck to it.
0: We mentioned it. She made this blanket. You know, we changed our mind in about the seventh month of the pregnancy, but there was nothing we could do. So uh, sorry, and. <laughs> 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 it's funny how names no matter what usually people just are very strongly either love their name or don't like it it's it's interesting how it uh how it how it breaks out but uh, that's amazing congratulations you're building the whole little thing there how is atlanta right now because it went crazy there for a while a couple of weeks ago has it settled in or
1: uh yeah things are starting to get back to uh somewhat normal um so i try not to venture into the actual city as least amount as possible mm-hmm. Um, so I'm about 15, 20 miles out of it. It's still a pretty decent city, but you know, people are going about back about their lives. I just went to the park last night, did a little run and kids are on the baseball field again, tossing baseballs back and forth. So it's kind of refreshing to see.
0: Interesting. Oh, that's great. Uh, Atlanta. I hate to say this because if it, the answer is yes, I feel terrible that I don't know. Did we, did you come to the JDRF event in Atlanta was when I was there?
1: I really wanted to, but I was in school at the time. For some uh, Army training, so I wouldn't be able to make it.
0: Okay. Oh, that's okay. I mean, it's all right if uh, – I guess it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> it would have been nice if you said something to the Army been like, listen, I don't know if you know, there's a guy from a podcast coming down. I really – uh, <laughs> I need the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Can you imagine? Uh, They'd never look at you the same. Uh, <laughs> that's excellent. Well um, – <laughs> Sorry, I just made myself laugh for reasons that I don't understand. <laughs> um, so, what are your concerns or like goals moving forward? Like, what are the things you see as because you talked earlier about having a plan, meeting goals, and that got you to the next thing and the next thing. How do you see the diabetes like that? Like, what do you think the next thing is for him?
1: Um, so, right now, it's just to keep refining what we're doing. As you know, with him being so tiny, it's things change on a daily basis. So we're constantly having to dial in basil and insulin carb ratios. So right now it's just refining that, um, eventually once, you know, there's some more advances in technology, like I'd definitely be interested in getting them on horizon when it becomes available. But I mean, I know when it first comes out, it's not going to be approved for anyone less than six, I think. So that's going to be a minute.
0: So, well, you know, I, I don't know. Obviously I don't know how this is going to go. Um, Hold oh, on, my wife is bothering me. Hold on a second. I can't. She's
1: got to go back to work. I got to be honest. With you. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was stuck at home for about two months before I was able to go back to work. And I was definitely going to stir crazy.
0: <laughs> it's not even that. It's just she's two together. So I can't just be like wishy-washy for five seconds with something or let something go for a day because she's so well planned out and thought out that. I don't know, it's just you can't, you can't screw off for five minutes because she notices. And, and, then, <laughs> and then I get that look like, why are you not handling this thing? And I'm like, oh, if you weren't home, you wouldn't know this wasn't happening, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but um, I'm sorry. So I agree with you about Horizon. I'm excited for Arden to be able to try it as well. I also, what I was going to say is, in the past, when stuff comes out and it's not okayed for pediatric ages, your doctor can still write a prescription for it and use it off label technically. And that's not, I don't, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't know how it's going to go in the beginning. I'm not sure, you know, how stringently the doctors are going to stick to that or if that's going to be possible, but it has happened with heck in the past. Um, So maybe, maybe it won't be as long of a wait as you imagine. Um, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Are you excited about the algorithm idea and,
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, right now, I mean, that seems like it's kind of the way forward to me. I mean, we're, we're not as the doctor say when you talk to me every time we're not five years from the cure, I don't think. So yeah, working, working with that algorithm and getting, you know, that whole closed loop system going on that, that seems fantastic to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I I agree. I I think you're going to, I think you'll really enjoy it and I think you'll have it sooner than you, than you think you will as well. (laughs) I would think in my mind, if if I was in your situation, I just hope to have it on him and working well before kindergarten.
1: Like, yeah, that's that. That's really my hope right there is uh, I want to make sure we can have some sort of system like that in place before he goes to school because I'm a trusting guy, but I don't want strangers in charge of my kids' blood sugar if there's uh, something on the market that can stop that from happening. Yeah, I,
0: I feel the same way about Arden in college. Just, you know, let this be running smoothly before she leaves for school. You know, that, that's because mm-hmm. she talks about I don't know what she's going to end up doing, but when Arden talks about going to college, she talks about, like, uh, she wants to learn about clothing and fashion, and, uh, you know, so she's, she throws around things like New York, and every once in a while, she's like, could I go to school in France? And we were like, I don't know who's going to pay for that, but, <laughs> but right. we, we also don't want to tell her no, so we're like, yeah, I mean, sure, if it works out, you know, by works out, I mean... If we dig up the floorboards and find a bunch of money that a pirate left here, you, you know, <laughs> which probably won't happen because we built this house and I don't remember there being a pirate around when it happened. <laughs> Although I guess you could have snuck in in the middle of the night. Or what if someone came from Fort Knox and left gold? That would be lovely. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know that was a real place. It's a very strong possibility that your episode is going to be called Fort Knox is real, uh, just because I feel like this is really what I learned so far. Um, but I was so it's interesting when when someone's so young, it's hard to like look out that far into the future around diabetes because the technology changes so quickly, and you don't know if Matthias is going to end up being a kid who's super like yeah, I got this. Or if he's going to be one of those kids who's like, oh, like, I don't want to be involved in this or rebels against it. Does, I mean, has that crept into your thinking yet? Or have I just added a concern to your life you didn't have?
1: Oh no, It's definitely crept in my thinking. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. But it's definitely something I'm, for lack of better terms, I guess, expecting to happen. Because I hear it far too often, you know, people go through burnout, which I understand. I mean, I I'm not even the one with Type one diabetes, and it's mind-numbing to me that I have to take care of him some days, that things just go wrong constantly. So, being the one actually having it, I mean, I can understand how it's pretty easy to have some burnout.
0: Yeah, it's tough when you have to think at eight thirty at night when somebody's eating something. You have to think, "Oh God, this has to go right." I can't be up till two o'clock in the morning. You, you, you know, like that feeling, like I'm tired. I got to get up in the morning. People have jobs. Like I'm, I'm up early. But the truth is, is that, you know, once I get up and I get my kid, you know, my daughter off to school and Kelly starts working, you know, I mean, if I'm exhausted from overnight, I move, I'll send a note to somebody and be like, hey, I need to move your podcast episode to a different day or Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not like I've got to go dig a ditch after that, you you know. Um, But for there are people, you know, like you and plenty of other people that have to get up and have to go to work and it's a thing they've got to go do and commute and everything. And, I don't know. It's just that's the little stuff to me is 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 mind numbing, you know, and could throw burnout for adults. That's always the side of it. I think about for parents is that they run out of time to rest and to relax, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel you I mean that I had the exact same going exact same thing going last night. Um, The sugar was being kind of stubborn high. So I was up from like two thirty to five trying to get him back to where he needed to be. Wow, I see.
0: Tara's in charge unless it's 3 o'clock in the morning, huh?
1: Well, <laughs> Not yeah, just teasing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wake up to the alarms a lot easier than she does. She's a pretty heavy sleeper, so gotcha. That's I a... tend to do the nighttime. She'll take care of the daytime.
0: Nice. That's my life, just so, you know, like, you know, Kelly's like, it's always like, do it my way, do it like I know better, blah, blah, blah. Four in the morning, she's like, whatever you want to do, sorry <laughs> <right> with me. <laughs> my God, now you don't have an opinion. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Now I can barely wake up. I could use your opinion now. <laughs> it's tough because, you know, we, we did. It took me a number of years to figure out what I was doing completely. And the last piece that I got right was overnight. I know that that seems strange because of how I talk about it. But mm-hmm. um, and but I don't even mean all the way overnight. I mean, into those like midnight to two o'clock hours because I was trying to figure out how to stay so tight with tolerances that the, that at the end of a day of using insulin, sometimes it would go wrong on me and and it would always go wrong then when it did. And I've never been more grateful in my life to get that thing, that part figured out because I think I was up against how long I was going to be able to exist like that. Like, I, I don't know how much longer it would have been until I just like made a weird noise and fell over. Um, You know, it it, it was tough. I actually was, I don't know if I ever talked about this or not on here, but I had a problem with my iron too, that took like a year to, to figure out. So at some point I was staying up, you know, sometimes a lot, um, not getting a ton of sleep and the level of ferritin in my blood was like, I I don't want to get this wrong, but in the twenties, like incredibly low. And so doctors all assumed my iron was low and I'm an adult. So they just all assumed I had cancer. So I got an incredible battery of tests the entire time. I'd look at every doctor going, I really think I just need iron. You know, like they'd be like, no, let's do this first. Let's do this. I had like a scope down my throat, one that went the opposite direction. I had to swallow a camera, like literally like a pill with a camera in it. I did all of these things. And at the end, they were like, you should probably just get this iron if you <laughs> Why did we not try that first exactly? Um, but they didn't. And so I, I I, existed for like a year during that testing where every day by one o'clock in the afternoon, I thought I was going to pass out. I was so tired. I couldn't get rested. I couldn't. like If I walked up the steps, I'd be out of breath because there was oh, well. no oxygen going around my body because anyway, because of the iron. And so when I got that iron, I was like, I'm good now, baby. Like it felt like somebody like turned my dimmer all the way up. I was like, let's do it, you know? And I took that little bit of energy, you know, and fine tuned everything. And now I sleep like a baby. So, uh, and diabetes does not very frequently get in the way of sleep around here, which is excellent. Cause I almost 50 and it was going to kill me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're, We're getting there to that point. I mean, we still have to make some minor adjustments. Um, But, I mean, so long as nothing goes completely crazy, I mean, his sugar usually stays pretty stable throughout the night. Last night, I think he just had an excess of protein on board, which is kind of causing him to stay a little higher. Yeah, But for the most part, we got to dial it in for nighttime.
0: I think it's exciting that people know to think about protein. Because in the past, you know, what someone would have said in the past is, I don't know, it's just high. Couldn't figure it out. Like, you know, I don't know why. You know diabetes. Just, mm-hmm. That's how that goes. Uh, and you're like, no, there was some protein in there. What did it do? Cause one of those like 180 rises that was hard to impact? Oh, yeah. It was one of those
1: uh, 150, 152, 155. And, you know, just kind of trying to bump it down. But it wasn't really you know, like doing much. So, yeah, he got up to about 180 before I was able to start coming back down.
0: The food gets through him finally. Um, you haven't hit any kind of real... Well, maybe you have, but have you had any growth spurts and have you seen how that's changed things?
1: Uh, yeah, we've definitely had a few growth spurts. He's grown probably, I would say, almost six inches since he was diagnosed. Wow. So uh, we we definitely had to do with that and it's definitely caused some crazy numbers, that's for sure.
0: Was there a lot of growth right after you started using insulin?
1: Yes. Yeah. Immediately after you started using insulin, he started growing like a weed. Mm. Like it was just a nine day difference.
0: That's uh, that's very interesting. I I don't know. Uh, Arden is going to come on the podcast at some point, but when Arden was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism, excuse me, um, she was the tiniest person in the world. Arden was like five mm-hmm. one. She would like eighty pounds, and she's five seven one thirty now. And it was beyond when you would expect uh, a girl to grow that much. As soon as she started taking her synthroid, she just like took off but gave her all kinds of she's got all kinds of terrible like knee and joint aches and everything from Mm growing so much but uh it's it's stunning she's one of the taller girls in her school and she was one of the smallest people like i just thought she was going to be like somebody we could smuggle in a piece of luggage if we needed to (laughs) you know like she was that that tiny Uh, and it was fascinating to watch but i know that insulin hits you and your body starts operating the way it's supposed to again. And that's, that's always why when I see people with kids who are, you know, newly diagnosed who struggle a lot, you know, if they don't have some sort of support system about information and they're restricting food because they don't know how to use the insulin. I'm always like, Oh, I know why you're doing that. And it makes sense with limited information, but the kid's got to eat,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, we were kind of guilty of that too. At the beginning, there's definitely still some foods, um that we try to limit waffles for this kid are the devil, mm. so we, we try to limit some waffles um bananas were the worst for the longest time but we're just now starting to re- reintroduce those um just kind of doing one thing at a time so we can learn how to bolster that
0: yeah i it, i talk about it a lot but it, it at some point in those dire situations around diabetes we start creating a pecking order of who we are and And being a human and health sometimes falls below diabetes. You know, you see yourself as diabetes first. The amount of kids that sometimes I see online who are young, who are existing on, you know, hard-boiled eggs and string cheese. And I'm like, hmm, would you give that to them if we didn't have diabetes? Like, you know, would that be lunch? You know, I mean, maybe once in a while, but every day, like poor kids that get up every day and have eggs and bacon and, you know, like there's no Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's never any deviation from it. It's eggs and bacon every day because I can handle that, and I get that. But at some point, I just think you have to say to yourself, "You got to do something here." You know what I mean? Like we can't just I can't eat these eggs every damn day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Just
1: oh yeah, I feel you. I mean, we're definitely not that extreme. Like he had ice cream cake for his birthday; it went fine. Yeah, so we we definitely don't try to limit it. Says. As much as we can,
0: anyway. Somebody messaged me the other day, and they said, uh, I want to give my kid an icy." And she's like, how do I do that? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't really know your kid, but here's what I would do. And uh, it worked out pretty well for them. It was exciting. They were celebrating something and went to give the kid something that he just never had before. You know what I mean? So it uh, mm-hmm. doesn't get to have very often. And I, I was just like, oh, it's cool. Just put the insulin in here and watch for this. And then... You know readdress it if you have to. Don't let it get above like this. And that was pretty much it. And she did a great job with it. So that's really cool. So does Tara listen to the
1: podcast? Oh yeah, she listens as well.
0: When she listens, she's listening on a different device, right? I'm getting two downloads, so I don't you
1: know, Yeah, yeah. Two different devices. You get you get more bang for your buck here.
0: Yeah, don't 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 listen on the same device. Even if you find that happening, stop her. Be like, get out of here. Go listen on your own. <laughs> Scott said he needs the download. Uh guys. Is it um is it I know we're gonna go in a second, I I don't wanna keep you longer than I have to, but um is it interesting? Have you ever found yourself move into a room together and say to her, hey, did you hear how this is happening? What do you think of that? How do you guys use the podcast or is it something that's personal to both of you?
1: Um Yeah, we definitely have talked about it before. Um so w- we listened to it in two different orders. So I started from your first episode and I'm working way up to the new ones. And she started from the new ones working her way back. So we sit there and talk about the different things we've heard and kind of put it together. And uh, it makes her interesting conversations and definitely helps her as care. Yeah, I mean, mean, remember episode 11, obviously, that's a big one for everybody. And I was talking about that one with her, and that was just like life-changing for the both of us.
0: That's cool. So she'll get to it. Eventually, you guys will meet in the middle one day. One day, be like episode two eighty four or something, or you know one ninety seven, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, I'm on the same one <laughs> for for one day. Uh, for one day, you'll be in the same place. Then you'll start moving in a direction where each has heard what the other one. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. That's very cool. I'm glad for you. I really am. I, I um, I think it's wonderful that it's helpful. I I never know what to say when, like, I'll get a note. I always respond the same way. I'm like, I'm glad the podcast is valuable for you. I don't know what to say. Like, you know what I mean? So, um. But that's really cool, and you guys have that perspective of listening from two ends. Do you, what do you in the car? Like, how do you do it?
1: Oh yeah, so for me, it's typically I listen on my commute to work and back. So I get through about about six episodes a week. That's then uh, the the wife, I mean, she listens just throughout the day whenever Matthias is taking a nap stuff like that. You'll pop it on, listen to
0: it for a while. I would like everyone to get in at least six episodes a week. That's good. Chad has said a, <laughs> a nice baseline. Please try to keep up. Uh, that is very cool. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, have, is there anything we didn't say that, that, uh, you hope to talk about?
1: Uh, okay. Thank you for anything. We that was a good conversation. I mean, I'm just appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to me. I know you're a busy man and, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for
0: all your uh, not medical advice. It's my pleasure not to give you advice, Chad. I really, th- I really mean that. I, and I have to be honest with you. Uh, it's it's COVID nineteen time. The rest of my day looks like this. I bought a <laughs> grill. I have to put it together. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, no, I have to actually. I'm going to edit a podcast that's going to go up tomorrow, uh, and that'll take a number of out. The podcast is. Um, I, I got this message from somebody recently and they're like, I'm starting a podcast. You know, could I pick your brain? And I said, is it about diabetes? And she said, no, I was like, yeah, then I'd be happy to help you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the competition, but no, but seriously, I got her on the phone. I was like, listen, a lot of work, way more than you expect. Time is, you know, and I went through like, here's how long it takes to set up an interview. Like you're and my, you know, uh, experience is a great example. I mean, we've, corresponded a thousand times moving this thing mm-hmm. around and doing everything I think we started talking in the fall of 2019 and it's almost the summer of 2020 and you know that happens then the recording time just this time you and I are sitting here speaking and I need to edit it I have to put in the music I've got to put in ads I've got to support it with social media every episode takes a day of my life you know in when it's you know kind of compacted down and I said and you can't you can't just put one up every once in a while. I mean, you can, but then that's a audio blog. It's not a podcast. Like a podcast mm-hmm. is a thing that happens and people can count on. And um, and she's like, oh, "Okay, maybe I won't do it." I was, I was like, "I wasn't trying to talk you out of it." <laughs> <But> <laughs> I said, "Just it's yeah, you know, this is a full time job. It's really crazy. I didn't I didn't expect that. So I love it, and I'm having a great time with it. But when I first started doing it, I was like, oh, you know." I'll be easy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just add it to the blog. It'll be fine. That's not really what happened. So dude, I'm, I'm thrilled you wanted to do this. Not enough guys reach out. Um, so it's very cool to see a father so involved and understanding of what's happening. Like you picked it up incredibly easily. Um, you know, your, your time from diagnosis to finding the podcast to having a six, a one C with a three year old. It's like nothing. It's like a snap of a finger. It's really impressive. I, I hope you can, uh, uh, pass my congratulations on to your wife about the, the next baby and I I know you don't have a boy name picked out yet, but nothing wrong with Scott. You don't need to so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: If you name that kid Scott, I will come all the way to Georgia and smack you in the head because you nobody should <laughs> nobody should do that to that kid. Uh thank you very much, man. I really appreciate you doing this.
1: I appreciate it as well, Scott.
0: Great. Have a good day. You as well. Hey, I'm really grateful for Chad coming. Hey, huge thanks to Chad for coming on and sharing his story. And good luck to him. He's about to have that new baby in just a couple of weeks, actually. Thank you also to Dexcom, makers of the G6 continuous glucose monitor and the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Learn more at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox and contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Let me remind you as well. To consider supporting the T1D Exchange at t1dexchange.org forward slash box. You fill out some very simple questions about type 1 diabetes. Here's how it goes. It's look, give me one second to tell you about it. If you're a US resident and you have type 1 or you're the parent of someone with type 1 diabetes, you fill out these very easy, simple questions about your type 1. Your data goes anonymously into the registry. And with that data, The T1D exchange is able to help big decisions about type 1 diabetes be made. The data has been used in the past to impact the American Diabetes Association's A1C recommendations to lower them for children. That's a big deal because doctors use those recommendations to help people. The data has been used to help there be more coverage for test strips, for CGMs to be better covered. All kinds of stuff. That helps people with type one diabetes, and you can anonymously, by the way, one hundred percent HIPAA compliantly help t one dexchangeorg forward slash juicebox. And in about ten minutes, you can make a huge impact for other people living with type one diabetes. The T1D Exchange is looking for up to six thousand perci- precipitants. Mm. The T1D Exchange is looking for up to six thousand participants, and so far. A lot of them have come from the Juicebox podcast, which I'm very grateful for, way to represent. If you haven't done it yet, please do. It's very simple. You can do it from your phone, your iPad, your computer while you're sitting on your sofa. It does not take a lot of time. I think it actually took me about seven minutes to do it on behalf of Arden. T1DExchange.org forward slash Juicebox.